Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. to a brand new episode of the Reveal Rob Show on a holiday week. Man, if you're celebrating the holidays, you know it is Christmas week going on right now. So hope everybody out there is doing safe, being safe. If you're traveling, please be safe out there. Listen to the Throw Me Podcast Network on your travels. Speaking of the Throw Me Podcast Network, we appreciate all your support throughout the year. And ask uh, if you're listening to this on here for the first time, please hit that like. Please hit the subscribe, share with everybody. And, you know, help us continue to grow as we're heading into 2023. And we've got some fun things going on over there, man. You've got the Metal Groove. you got this show. You've got uh, Haunter's Podcasts on uh, break right now, but it'll be back later in 2023 when the haunt season starts kicking up. Uh, we've got Improper Guidance. We've got the Mr. Wonderful Show. We've got all kinds of goodies coming at you. I can't even remember all of them, man. Um, but, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think I'm forgetting. Facebook, YouTube. YouTube, that's a big one. Uh, all the good stuff going on over there, man. So appreciate you joining into this uh, episode. As you can tell by a t- uh, the title here, geez, I'm starting off hot. <laughs> Going to be reviewing the film Titanic. It is celebrating its 25th anniversary. So I thought, let's go ahead and check that movie out. I'm going to be you know, straightforward and honest with you. I uh, didn't know what I was going to review this week. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what I was going to review this week. And then I saw the uh, film Titanic was hitting its 25th anniversary. I'm like, you know what? Let's check that out, man. I haven't. I don't think I've ever fully watched this movie, so let's uh, check it out and see how that goes. Also, going out uh, after we do our review, we're gonna jump into a lot of news. Got a lot to talk about with DC. There's a lot of drama going on over there with the DC talk. Got some good horror movie news for you, and I'll have some uh, random bits around the film realm as we go forward, man. But let's go ahead and not take any longer. Let's talk about Titanic itself. And it's 25th anniversary. Alright, so you know the deal if you've been with the show for the while. If not, I'm going to play the trailer. And then we're going to jump into my review when we get back here, man. So here is our trailer. Life's a gift, and I don't intend on wasting it. You never know what hand you're gonna get dealt next. You learn to take life as it comes at you. When the ship docks, I'm getting off with you.
right, welcome back into the show. Titanic, man. Released in 1997. I was, what, nine? Nine years old when this movie came out. All right, Titanic is rated PG-13 for disaster-related peril, brief language, nudity, sensuality, and violence. Released in 1997, it is a history-slash-drama film running in at three hours and 15 minutes. Uh, Titanic is an epic action-packed romance set against the ill-fated maiden voyage of the RMS Titanic, the pride of joy of the White Star Line, and at the time, the largest moving object ever built. She was the most luxurious liner of her era, the Ship of Dreams, which ultimately carried over 1,500 people to their death in the ice-cold waters of the North Atlantic in the early hours of April 15th, 1912. Rotten Tomatoes has a great score of 87%, while the audience scores at a 69%, and IMDb has it at a 7.9 out of 10. That audience score is interesting. All right. Um, so what are my thoughts on the film, you say? Titanic is regarded as one of the biggest films of all time, one of the greatest films of all time, one of the greatest love stories of all time. Uh, it is very highly regarded, so I'm shocked by that audience score, to be honest with you. Uh, the film, we're going to get into some trivia and have some fun with this one, because again, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the film that dominated when it came out in 1997 and 98. It was a big deal, man. Again, I was only nine years old, but I, I could tell even back then that that movie was a big deal. Um, so my history with the movie is kind of teased earlier. I don't think I've ever actually watched this movie in full. Uh, if I did, it was a long, long time ago and I forgot about it because watching it just now, uh, man, what a long watch that was because it's not on any streaming service other than, um, I can't remember what I just watched it on. I think I just watched it on Pluto. Double checking. Yeah, Pluto TV, free TV. I'm shocked that this movie is not on Paramount. Um, it's a Paramount movie. I'm shocked. I had, it's a Fox property as well, so I don't... Shocked that the movie is not just available on something other than Pluto. But it's on Pluto, which means I had to also watch commercials. So that was a three-hour and 15-minute movie, plus commercials, man. Probably could have just bought it or rented it on Redbox and saved myself some time. But, yeah, I mean, a long movie. This thing says three hours and 30 minutes. That's probably another version of the movie. Like, I remember when this movie came out on home video. Like, it was so long that it was on two VHS tapes, man. It wasn't just one. It was, like, two VHS tapes. I remember that visual in my head. I'm like, holy crap, it's got two separate tapes here. Um, sorry, kids. VHS tapes are what you used to watch movies on before DVDs. Uh, sorry again, kids. DVDs are what you used to watch movies on before streaming services. Now you can stream movies whenever, wherever, as long as you get lucky. Um, but yeah, I remember all that going on. So Titanic with me in this movie, like I said, I haven't really fully watched it in a long time. So this is my first time in a while really sitting down and watching the film. Because anytime the movie was on TV, I would click on it and it was always seemed like every single time, like clockwork, I would turn the movie on when the boat is in the middle of sinking, the ship, excuse me, and the ship is in the middle of sinking, like, every single time, it's always around the same scene, too, where the people are, the boat's starting to go up in the air, and people are falling, and all that stuff, always, never failed, that was what I caught the movie, um, so this time around, watching it in full, it's, it's long. <laughs> it's a long movie for sure. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie. Like, I can sit down and watch a long movie. Hell, the Batman came out this year. That's over three hours long, right? And I thoroughly enjoyed that from start to finish. But this movie has some really good parts that I can understand the length. But at the same time, there's parts in this movie where I'm like, man, we could have done without that. You know? Um, Batman's two hours, 56 minutes. So, not quite three hours, but very close. Um, like, there's a scene with Jack teaching Rose how to hawk a loogie. Didn't need that. Like, I really didn't need that. <laughs> like, I did not need to see that. Uh, there's a scene where the cow guy is chasing them through the boat with a gun. Unnecessary. Like, really unnecessary. But there's other parts and scenes of this movie. And a lot of it comes down to when the... It's like watching NASCAR. You're, you're there to see, sadly, the ship sinking. And the, all the madness that goes on around that and everything. So... That's where, like, a lot of the movie picks up and a lot of the, you know, intense moments are. Like, the first hour or so of the movie is building the story of of uh, 
Rose and Jack, and you know Rose is first class all the way. Jack wins a ticket in a, a poker game to get on to the Titanic. Right, uh, two different, completely different classes of human at that time and era. Um, crazy thing that there's a class of humans, but um, that's the way the world worked back then. Kind of still works that way now. That's just not as you know put out there. But you look at it and. And from there, it just builds into them, you know, running into each other. And, and it's a love story. Like I said before, it's considered one of the greatest love stories of all time. I'll leave that up to you. I'm not going to jump on that right here. I, I think the love story is fine. Um, you know, it's what it is. And like I said, there's parts of the movie that really are, they're good. Like they're like the, again, that until it's so messed up to say that, but you're waiting for, because you know, the Titanic story and this movie they're creating a story on top of the history of the Titanic. So they're taking this historic moment in time where the unsinkable ship sinks and it hits and it's destructible and all that stuff. And you're before all that happens and in the middle of that and the aftermath of that, you've added this love story into it. James Cameron uh, wrote and directed the film and he added in this love story in there to make the movie and yeah I, you know it's depends on how you feel about that um is it uh, the right thing or not the right thing to add that love story into this um disaster that claims so many's lives I'll leave that up to you to decide there to me it's it's a movie you know we're creating a story around the titanic you know i watched a movie earlier this year called titanic 666 which created its own uh, story around the titanic's um history and you know made it into a horror movie which is you know what it is but overall i mean the movie it's enjoyable it, it it's it's just long it's so long and it's like it's, there's moments where you're just watching it and it does you will i lost interest i'm not gonna lie there's moments where i lost interest during the film because there's just some scenes that just drag on like i get the um the art scene where he's drawing her and everything, and that's a classic scene, and I get it, and all that, but it just seemed like, you know, all right, we're going a little long, and there's moments where, you know, there's just some things that just don't need to go on as long as they go on, you know, um, but overall, the movie itself, it deserves a lot of praise for it, I mean, this was 97, you look at, I mean, however you feel about James Cameron, and a lot of people are kind of against him right now with how he's promoting the Avatar movie, and you know, he's got a big ego about it, it seems, um, out there right now. He's talking about how his CGI is better than Marvel CGI and yada, 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 this and that. And, you know, however you want to feel about the guys, how you want to feel about them. Um, he worked his ass off on this movie. I have a lot of dives down to the, the shipwreck of the Titanic, something that is on my bucket list to do. I would love to do that one day. Terrified, absolutely terrified of the ocean and water. Um, almost drowned when I was a kid, y'all. It, it it's, it's a thing. So, like, I'm definitely afraid of that. But I would go down to see the Titanic without a doubt. Um, if possible. But I'm sure that costs a lot of money. I don't even think that's open to regular civilians. But, give him all the credit in the world for making this film and being as accurate to everything as he could possibly be accurate to. Of course, again, he created a new story around it, but he was very accurate and the, the, the ship's look, and you know, at the time he didn't really fully know, I think, the way the ship sank, so he put his interpretation on it, and the flares and all that stuff, and then as years have gone by, there's documentaries, I think they're on Disney Plus as well, where he's done some more diving into it, and done some more um, history into the, the shipwreck and all that stuff, and that I can fully get into and support, because my fascination with Titanic is not so much the film itself, it's the ship itself and the history of the story and all that stuff. Like I've always been fascinated with the Titanic for as long as I can remember. And again, not the film itself. This is like the first time I've watched the film in full ever. I think if not, I've probably watched it back a long time ago. I probably watched it back in 1998, to be honest with you. Um, whenever it was on home video, I don't, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Um, but I, I, I support and I get it, man. Cause I would, I, watch a lot of stuff about the Titanic. I'm into the history of the Titanic. And so I get it. I get his fascination with it. And more power to him. You know, he got to create a story around around the ship. You know, and that's good for him. And it's considered one of the, again, one of the greatest films of all time. I think it's fifth on the 
all-time list of highest-grossing films. He's got Avatar, which is number one. Uh, I mean, we're, we're going to get jump into some trivia here and all that stuff, but uh, let's see. It became the highest-grossing film of all time in 1998, beating Jurassic Park. Uh, the film remained so for 12 years until Avatar came out. Um, let's see. On... March 1st, 1998, it became the first film to earn more than $1 billion worldwide. And on the weekend of April 13th through 15th, 2012, a century after the original um, sinking, the Titanic became the second film to cross the $2 billion threshold during its re-release. It is considered it is the fifth highest grossing film of all time in North America when adjusted for ticket price inflation. Uh, it is estimated to have sold over 128 million tickets in the U.S. in its initial theatrical run. So, I mean, again, the movie itself, it's you're going to be watching for a while. Uh, things do pick up when, you know, the boat, you know, hits the iceberg. The ship hits the iceberg. I keep saying boat. The ship hits the iceberg. And then you're going through all the the intenseness. And that's, yeah, that's scary, man. Like, just imagine being... Ugh, it's scary. Like, you're in the middle of the ocean. The ocean's just vast. Nothing around whatsoever. There's no other ships there to save you. It's not going to be there in, like, four hours. You're just stuck there. This boat that you've... Unsinkable is sinking. And, of course, when you watch these documentaries about the Titanic, you realize what, you know, really happened to that boat and the things they did, and you're like, oh, come on, guys. Um, which I, I suggest checking out those documentaries. But yeah, that stuff's intense, man. Like, again, that stuff scares me. Like, that that's scary to me. And then there's some haunting images, like when, the, you know, the boat is officially sank and you've got all the people in the ice-cold, freezing water and they're just sitting there and you're just feeling for them and you think about all the people that are in the lifeboats that get out and they're just sitting there in those boats watching all of this go down and watching the ship sinking, watching the freaking... The people in the water just, oh, 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 you know, they did a good job with that. Again, James Cameron, gave him credit for the movie. He does a good job with it. It's just, oh, it's unnerving. It's unnerving, to say the least. Uh, of course, the movie helped break out Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, both amazing performers, obviously. Um, Kathy Bates in the movie, she's great in it. Great cast. I mean, really good cast. I mean, the film is solid. Like, they, we can't sit here and act like that film's solid. And that's freaking song. <laughs> Celine Dion's song, My Heart Will Go On. I don't care who you are. That is one of, if not the greatest song for a film ever made. And even just them playing the trailer when I heard the song. Because the song doesn't really play in the movie itself. It plays during the credits. Like, you hear the humming of the song every now and then. And the musical of the song every now and then. Instrumental of the song here and there, but you don't hear the actual song to the credits play. So I didn't really listen to it, because as soon as credits came up, I turned that thing off. <laughs> um, normally I watch the credits and all that stuff, but it's 3 a.m. right now. I've been watching that movie for a long time, because of the commercials and everything. But that song, man, always gives me goosebumps every time I hear it, and makes me tear up every time I hear it. Like, that is a powerful ass song. Uh, couldn't be any more perfect for that movie. So yeah, I mean, overall, the movie's good. Like, again, it's just a, it's just a long process. But the movie is good. Um, be prepared for a lot of, it's a good hour. I didn't jot down the time, but there's like the good first hour of the film, and they go back and forth, they don't go back and forth, but for like the beginning of the movie, we're looking at the, the shipwreck, and we're moving forward, and then we, you know, meet Rose and all that stuff, and we get into the story, and then we get into the back in time on the ship and all that stuff, and then, you know, you go forward from there. But uh, is an enjoyable movie deserves the credit that it has, for sure. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say anything against that movie, other than there's some scenes I could do without, and it's a little bit long, but uh, the movie's good. All right, let's see. So let's jump into some trivia. Some of this stuff might include some spoilers, but, you know, again, the movie's been out for 25 years, you know? Um, and we know the... Uh, you should know the history of the Titanic. If you don't, look it up, dude. What are we doing? All right, let's see. So around two hours, 30 minutes into the film, the elderly couple we see hugging each other on the bed while the water floods their room were the owners of Macy's Department Store in New York, Rosalie Ida Strauss and Isidore Strauss, both of whom died on the Titanic. I did not know that. I did not know Macy's Department Store was on there. Ida was offered a seat on a lifeboat but refused so that she could stay with her husband, saying... As we have lived together, 
so shall we die together. Now that's love right there. There was a scene filmed that depicted this moment, but that was cut from the final version. It was Miss Strauss who originally said, where you go, I go. That inspired Rose's same line later in the film. So there you go. Um, see, around two hours and 15 minutes, many of the core extras used for the movie took on characteristics of actual survivors. Uh, one scene where two little girls are loaded onto a lifeboat, and the man says, it's only for a little while. It's based on a testimony from one of the girls who survived. The man also says in the scene, hold mommy's hand and be a good little girl. According to survivor Ava Hart, there were, those are the last words her father said to her before the lifeboat she was in was lowered. So again, James Cameron did his research here. Let's see. After finding out that she had to be naked in front of Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice when they first met and flashed them. All right. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Okay, the whole movie, except for the present day scenes and the opening and ending credits, have a total length of 2 hours and 40 minutes. That is the exact time it took for the Titanic to sink. Also, the collision with the iceberg reportedly lasted 37 seconds, which is how long the collision scene is in the movie. Again, Cameron did his research. Uh, James Cameron went on 12 dives to the real Titanic himself and found it an overwhelmingly emotional experience to actually see the sunken ship. During his first trip, he was so goal-oriented that he managed to film the shots he wanted, but as soon as he was back on the surface, he broke down in tears after finally realizing the magnitude of the historic tragedy that he had just witnessed. Wow. See, at around 2 hours 35 minutes, the scene in where the water comes crashing into the Grand Staircase, filmmakers had one shot at it because the entire set and furnishings were going to be destroyed. I see. The hand seen sketching Rose are not Leonardo DiCaprio, shocker, but director James Cameron's. In post-production, Cameron, who is left-handed, mirror imaged the sketching shots so the artist would appear to be right-handed like DiCaprio. Uh, when Jack is prepping to draw Rose, he says to her, over on the bed, the couch, the line was scripted, lie on the line on that couch, but Leonardo DiCaprio made an honest mistake. James Cameron liked it. All right. Uh, the scene where Cal and Rose have coffee and Cal has a tantrum and flips the table was ad-libbed by Billy Zane. Therefore, Kate Winslet's reactions were totally natural. Reportedly, James Cameron spoke to and personally provided each of the extras, at least 150 of them, with names and backstories of the Titanic passengers. Again, he did his history. All right, let's see. The scene in which Rose meets Jack to thank him for saving her life was improvised by the two actors at James Cameron's request, and the spitting scene was almost all ad-libbed. Uh, Cameron also credits Kate Winslet with writing the heart-wrenching This is Where We First Met line during the final sinking, as well as suggesting Rose spit in Cal's face rather than as scripted Japan with a hairpin. According to Billy Zane, they had to do so many retakes, he sort of went numb when being spit in the face, and Winslet ran out of saliva, so she had to use lube. Wow, all right. At $200 million, the movie cost more than the Titanic itself. The cost of construction for the ship in 1910 through 1912 was $1.5 million, equivalent to $7.5 million at the time, and about $120 to $150 million in 1997 dollars. Jesus. Uh, due to the long theatrical run of the movie, Paramount Pictures had to send out replacement reels to theaters that had literally worn out their copies. Jeez. When James Cameron was writing the movie, he intended for the main characters, Rose and Jack, to be entirely fictitious. It was only after the script was finished that he discovered that there had been a real Jay Dawson who died aboard the Titanic. This Jay Dawson was trimmer Joseph Dawson, who had been born September 1888. His body was salvaged and buried at Fairlawn, Fairview Lawn Cemetery in Nova Scotia with many other Titanic victims. Today, his gravestone, number 227, is the most widely visited in the cemetery. The line, I'm the king of the world, which was ad-libbed by Leonardo DiCaprio, was voted as the number four of the 100 greatest movie lines of all time. All right, and I think that's good on the trivia for now. Uh, there's a lot of trivia out there on the film. As again, it's hitting its 25th anniversary. No, um, I say check it out. It's a good movie. I'll even more, check out the documentaries on the Titanic itself. Check out the freaking exhibits. There's an exhibit in Tennessee. There's another one somewhere else. But I've been to the one in Tennessee, and it was 
a wild experience, man. Um, always been fast, fascinated with the Titanic and then going to that. And what they do is, not going to you know, can't really spoil that for you. What they do is when you go up there to go through the exhibit and it's shaped like the freaking Titanic. It's huge. It's insane. Um, you go in there and when you're going in, they give you a card with the name of a person that was on the ship. And you're essentially traveling through there as the person who was on the ship. And at the end of your journey, you find out if you survived or not. And the person I ended up getting, kid you not, had the same last name as me. It was just spelled a little uh, different. Um, I was like, that's freaking insane to be so fascinated with the Titanic and realizing that. And then getting that card, I was like, oh, this is crazy. But incredible exhibit. It has um, real artifacts in there. You walk through there and it tells you history of the Titanic, shows you some things. you know, wardrobes, music, um, instruments, you know, chairs, stuff of that nature. There's a part where, there's even a part in there where you go through there and you can stick your hand in some water that you can see what the water felt like that night um, when the boat sank or the ship sank. <laughs> and it's like, man, freaking, ugh, ugh. I'm just thinking about it still. Ugh. Anyways, man, that's my review for Titanic. I, I, I think yeah, that movie's good. I mean, the movie is really good. It's just a... It's a, it's a, it's a process, <laughs> you know, it's a process, but it is a good movie, and again, respect to James Cameron for all the work he did and the history to put in the movie. And my last bit on this, uh, the Titanic film is, of course, considered, um, not just one of the greatest films of all time, but it's considered, of course, the greatest movie based around or on the Titanic. Um, apparently that's not factual. I mean, it's consider that one so obviously opinion but uh there's another movie about the titanic that came out that a lot of people consider to be better um especially when it comes to history and all that stuff and it is a movie called a night to remember which released in 1958 a movie i have not seen and honestly just found out about so i will definitely be watching that if given the opportunity and i will get back to you on my thoughts on that one for sure but as for this movie it's enjoyable. It's a good movie. You know, definitely a good movie. Can't complain. Too much. You know, long movie. Eh, you know, but good. He 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 did a good job. All right, man. Now we're gonna transition into the news. We're gonna kick it off with DC because we got a lot to talk about in the DC world. Man, freaking the world has collapsed over there. It seems. Jeez, all the bad, all the bad stuff being sent towards James Gunn right now. Which you know. I don't agree with, but we'll get to that after we get through all of this information here. So since the last time we talked, a lot has happened. Uh, first and foremost, James Gunn gave us some information about the future of the DCU without fully giving us information. Um, starting off by with a long Twitter uh, post, you know, multiple posts, however that works, uh, saying, quote, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman, and the initial stage of our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, as the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But, we just had a great meeting with Henry, we're big fans, we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Now, they're moving with a younger Superman storyline. So that is the reason why they're not moving forward with Henry Cavill's Superman at the moment. Um, He did say there is an opening there for those exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Um, I I didn't see anything in that quote where he said Henry Cavill won't be playing Superman in the future, but let's move to Henry Cavill's quote. Um, After James Gunn's post, Henry made his own post with his following statement. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but then we must remember Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the examples he set for us all are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride for for it's been a fun ride with you all onwards and upwards. 
absolute class in handling there. And he said his he will not be returning as Superman. So it makes you wonder if he will or won't be returning as Superman in the future. Now, he's saying he won't. James Gunn said there's a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. So will Henry be playing a different character in the DCU at some point in time? Uh, obviously, there's a ways away you know, um, if you're if you're casting a new Superman and you're doing a universe, you're gonna want to go with that Superman for a while. So, you know, you've got the multiple Earths in DC. You can have these crossover events where Henry could possibly play Superman again. We did see, uh, what's his name, Brandon, Brandon Roth. We saw Brandon Roth uh, return to the role of Superman in the uh, crossover event on the CW universe of shows. Uh, a while back so it's not entirely impossible that we could see henry cavill returning as superman in something in the future but i i'm not as upset as everybody else is about this news uh you know it's obviously a mix-up at warner brothers it's warner brothers fault it's not james gunn's fault so stop you know attacking him it's not his fault he's been hired to build a new universe with the dc properties and he's starting from scratch man he and peter started from scratch they've got their idea they've got their plan they haven't even fully told you what their plan is but everybody's freaking out now you already know how much i love henry cavill as superman i think he's been absolutely fantastic in the role i was very excited to see him back in black adam which that apparently means nothing now but you know it's it's time to move forward man the 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 snyder verse is done by all accounts, the Snyderverse is over with. We're not moving forward with that anymore. Uh, you know, James and Peter are putting together their own story universe. The DCEU is no more. It is now the DCU. And we're just moving forward, man. And I, I can't wait to see what the new the new things are. I'm, like, very ex I'm excited to see what's to come, man. Like, we've got four movies to get through uh, in 2023, which I'm excited for every single... Well, three of them. I'm not watching Aquaman, obviously. But... Yeah, I can't wait to see what this new future for the DCU is, man, because I've been sitting here beating the drum for DC over and over again, and it's been, you know, I've enjoyed a lot of the films, but some of the films have been tough, and you're just seeing the, why can't they get the universe right, why they keep stopping and stalling, why they're falling, and all that stuff, and it's just, I'm just ready to get, you know, this plan that he said they're going to be um, sharing more information with the first projects at the beginning of the new year, so... Can't wait to see what the new projects are moving forward from there, man. Wish Henry Cavill, of course, all the best. Can't wait to see what he'll do in the future of the DCU. Because, again, James said that uh, they plan on working together in the future. So, we'll see what happens, man. But, as for now, let's go ahead and start those rumors that uh, Chris Pratt will be playing Superman. Just to piss people off even more. Um, because that's fun. Why not? Okay, let's see. Back over to Twitter. Uh, Gunn was, of course, asked questions in the comments after this. Was put in there, and he said, uh, first question here was, are you writing slash directing? Gunn responded by saying, quote, I am writing and have been for a while. We don't know who is directing yet. So he is writing the Superman movie. He is not directing the uh, upcoming Superman film for the DCU. Let's see. Um, somebody asked, uh, quoted, some, somebody commented, please tell me this is an origin story, which Gunn responded with, no way. And we don't know much information, of course. We'll have to wait for that, obviously. None of us knows what the true information is. I think that's what all this is really about, and I love James Gunn for this, is that he is responding to these questions, and he's answering these uh, these uh, reports and rumors that have come out from certain articles and all that stuff he's giving information on, which we'll get into even more. I love that he's, you know, he's up front with it, all of it. And, you know, we don't know much of the information. We just know, as Gunn said, it'll be a younger Superman. Uh, he has met characters in his storyline but not any other characters of the storyline so it's it's a fresh start with superman he doesn't know the other superheroes well i mean when he said he's met other characters i'm assuming lois lane and all that stuff you know would be at the daily planet and all that good stuff is what i'm expecting it's fine man that's an interesting aspect to go to and i can't wait to see what they do with it uh somebody asked about ben affleck directing gun said uh quote met with ben uh, yesterday precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct we just have to find the right project end quote uh ben affleck's time as batman uh, he supposed to be done uh, i believe he is in the flash film as a cameo um probably a little more than a cameo but he is in the flash film from what we understand unless that has been cut who knows according to reports <laughs> but you know, I, I think Ben would much rather direct a film in out in the DC instead of playing the character and more power to him. So we'll see what project they find for him to direct DC wise. 
maybe when they do their Batman, maybe Affleck can direct. Dude, that'd be awesome. What a what a cool project that would be. He already wrote like a cool Batman story that didn't get put out there, so maybe he can, you know, write and direct another Batman story without him starring in it. That could be cool. And all this stuff I'm going over with you is kind of like a timeline of the information as I've gathered it. Uh, so the next thing we have here is The Rock. He has apparently unfollowed the Black Adam account and the Warner Brothers Discovery accounts on social media. Um, Gunn on Instagram had some questions about Superman being in Black Adam, with a fan asking Gunn if it was true that Warner Brothers strung Henry along to get him to pump the numbers for Black Adam and leave his role on The Witcher, only to have him booted this quickly. Uh, Gunn responded by saying everything with Black Adam was before he took his position. Um, another fan said that it was really effed up seeing Cavill have to leave his role on The Witcher to come back to play Superman, only to find out that he won't be playing Superman anymore. To which Gunn clarified that, um, saying those things had nothing to do with each other, end quote. So the Black Adam stuff was previous regime of DC. Uh, so before James Gunn and Peter Safran were hired on to create a new universe for the DCU. Um, so that's why all this stuff is going on, man. Now, you know, it sucks. I get it. It sucks. For sure. I would love to see Henry Cavill as Superman, but I also get it. We're building a... A longer extended universe and they're working on these new characters and you can go back and forth like well Henry Cavill are you know it's not that old and Robert Downey Jr. was you know how old was Robert Downey Jr. when he did Iron Man and they did years with him as Iron Man why can't we do that with Superman which is you know valid but at, again they're starting new and we've seen Henry Cavill Superman for years right and We've had the Man of Steel movie, which, you know, it's good. We've seen him in Batman vs. Superman. We've seen him in the Justice League. It's just, I think, as much as I love the DC films, it's just so much going on. There's so much uncertainty. And it just kind of connects, but doesn't connect. And there's just this, and there's that, and there's one, you know. You need to start fresh. You need to start over fresh. You know, there's nothing against Henry. He's awesome. But we just need to go in a new direction here, which is fine. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. And again... Give it time. We don't know what they're doing. They're just now starting work on this, man. We don't know where they're going. All right, back into the timeline, back over to Twitter. Gunn was asked about Batman. Uh, the question, is Batman going to be a big part of the DCU going forward, or is he going to be kept for Matt Reeves only? Uh, Gunn responded to this by saying, quote, he's a big part of the DCU, end quote. So Batman is, I mean, you can't have the dcu without batman right and that was one of the questions you know you got matt reeves batman out there and you got the joker film out there with todd phillips which is still moving forward and there's still separate projects now there was a report that came out saying that gunn and saffron are trying to get matt reeves and robert pattinson into the dcu which um hours after that report came out james gunn responded by saying uh, there are a few reporters I love more than Adam B. Very, truly a good guy, but in this case, he needs to get a new source as this is entirely untrue, end quote. So, as exciting of an idea of Robert Pattinson's Batman joining the DCU, sounds like that will continue to be its own solo project as James Gunn will be finding his own Batman for the DCU. So, get ready for Tom Holland as... <laughs> <laughs> all right tom i i don't know i felt like saying it <laughs> i felt like saying it who, who in the gardens of the galaxy could be batman um bradley cooper there you go all right bradley cooper's batman and james gunn's dcu all right uh let's see another question asked james gunn was asked about the green lantern content uh gunn responded simply by saying important so there's a question about green lantern content uh, will we be seeing any Green, Green Lantern content? And he just responded, it's important. So it does sound like Green Lantern content is important in the DCU going forward. Uh, you know, what it'll be again, we don't know. We don't know what their plan is until they tell us, people. Stop listening to these reports. Wait till it comes from the source itself. Like, is it this crazy? I don't pay this much attention to Marvel, but is it this crazy on the Marvel side? I mean, Marvel, you know, they announce their movies ahead of time. So, I mean, again, the universe is just starting, guys. We're going to find out some new information at the beginning of the year. Calm, pump the goddamn bricks. All right. Let's see. Another question. Mr. Gunn, do you still intend to make projects about minor characters in your new DC slate, or are you going to focus on the big household names before doing that? 
Uh, Gunn responded by saying, quote, we'll be focusing on the most well-known and some lesser-known characters simultaneously, end quote, which is great. Uh, it's a good way to do it. You get, Obviously, Superman's probably going to be the first project, I would assume, out of this uh, universe where they go from there. We'll find out at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, obviously, you're going to want to get, you know, your big names out there. Uh, I mean, I've seen something to where they're following more of a Star Wars line than a marvel line but if they were to follow the marvel line obviously marvel released all solo origin movies of their characters uh before they could did their big team up thing and all that i don't know what the plan is we'll find out what the plan is when we get there and of course now we get to today's timeline where james gunn has responded to the endless amount of bashing that he has received since making the announcement of the new superman uh gunn posted the following quote one of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as the heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind, to say the least. Uh, our choices for the DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for the DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great, perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig, and we knew we would sometimes have to make difficult and not-so-obvious choices, especially in the wake of the nature of what came before us. But this means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists, and custodians in helping to create a wide and wonderful future for DC. Which he's right. Like, yes, people are going to be upset, and I get it. You have your right to be upset with this. That is fine. But at the same time, we don't know what he's planning, and this could turn into an awesome freaking run for DC, finally. We've seen Marvel have this incredible run for a while. People are starting to backlash on Marvel's most recent phase. But we've seen people just continue to love the Marvel films, and you know, and DC can now go on this run, you know, to where they're putting together their universe, they're building it, and all that stuff. Let them build it, man. Let them build it, and time will be fine. And, you know, and I think most of this backlash, and I not I don't even have to think this. I know this because I've seen the comments. It's the Snyderverse fans, which I enjoyed some of the Snyderverse stuff. Don't get me wrong, but Jesus, guys, calm down, like. This, I mean, we've heard it before this came out where people were like, yeah, those Snyderverse fans are taking over and they're causing this, they're causing that. And, you know, the movie getting made was awesome. But I think it just gave them an even bigger ego and head and all that stuff. It's like, dude, calm down. The Snyderverse was fun, but it's over. It's done, right? It's done. Just like, you know, the Nolanverse. It's done. We're done with it. Or it's 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 time to move forward. You know, obviously I loved Michael Keaton as Batman. He's gonna always be my favorite Batman. But we've had other Batmans, and Christian Bale was freaking awesome. And you know, Robert Pattinson's doing a great job right now. Ben Affleck was good, man. It's like, oh, well, you know, we don't talk about George Clooney. Val Kilmer was all right. We, you know, we don't talk about George Clooney. You know, but it's okay. Different people are gonna don the suit, and it's all right. You know, it's fine. We're moving forward. We're working on a new storyline. We're working in a new story verse. And, you know, the only reason I could see... That's that's fine. That's that's fine that Cavill's not there. Cavill's part of the Snyderverse. We're, mar we're mar creating a new verse. It's not to say Cavill won't be a part of it going forward. It's not to say Gal Gadot won't be a part of it going forward. We don't know what is happening right now. It'll be all explained to us when the time is right. There you go. I love that he's just standing up. He's not backing down. And he's like, he knows he's going to get all this outcrying, which comic book fans are freaking, they outcry about a lot of stuff. If the movie's not like the comic book, we hear a lot of outcry about that stuff as well. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Everything will be all right, man. It's going to be all okay. And of course, you would think that would be the end of it. report all this out there. But of course, you know, people on the social medias and the internet got to, Gotta keep running their mouths. So somebody responded with, who knows if it's true, but recasting all the main DCEU characters, but keeping some. Will be interesting how Peacemaker and Suicide Squad characters slash actors live on, but the others don't, question mark, particularly when they have interacted together. 
Uh, God responded to this with, quote, I keep seeing posts with this untrue theory. We're not recasting everyone except the Suicide Squad, end quote. So yeah, again, they're not recasting everybody. You know, none of this has come out. They have not said a single thing about recasting a single person. Like, calm it down. You know, calm it down. The only thing we know right now is that they're making a younger Superman story. Henry Cavill will not be playing Superman in the younger Superman story. He could play Superman in the future quite possibly, even though he put a post out there saying his time as Superman is done. Maybe it's not. Maybe in the future he comes back as Superman. Who flippin' knows? We'll have to wait and see. Patience is a virtue, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, so, other stuff with DC, and I'm gonna stop it here with the DC stuff, because it's pretty much where it's stopping. Uh, cameos cut from the Flash film. Uh, is, and there's a report there now, back and forth about this report, whether it is true or not. Uh, again, we won't know until we see the Flash film itself. So, there has been reports and rumors that Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot have, um, and even Aquaman, have all filmed or Jason Momoa have all filmed cameos for the upcoming Flash film. Uh, now, reportedly, the Superman cameo and the Gal Gadot cameo have been cut. Uh, the sunsetting of Cavill's time as Superman was the clearest indication yet that Gunn and Saffron are mounting a substantial overhaul of DC, a reboot that will cut significant, if not most, ties to the previous regimes that handled DC movies for Warner Brothers, Hollywood Porter writes. Uh, they continue to write saying, quote, Cavill also shot a cameo in The Flash, one of the four DC films set to release in 2023, but sources say that cameo, along with Gal Gadot, as Wonder Woman is now being cut, given the studio chose not to go forward with director Patty Jenkins' version of Wonder Woman 3, end quote, which I guess we have to talk about that in a moment. Um, so yeah, I there's a couple ways to look at this, and again, this is all reports. None of this is factual, as we don't know for sure that this is true. Because uh, there have been people who have denied the fact that the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman cameo has been cut from the Flash film itself. So, let's look at this this two ways. If Cavill's cameo has in fact been cut from the Flash film, that tells me that that Flash film has a whole hell of a lot to do with the upcoming DCU's future. And if we're removing Cavill's Superman... That leads me to believe that Ezra's Flash is moving forward. Now, I know how you feel about Ezra. I don't feel the same way, okay? Uh, only, you know, we're not going into that. But <laughs> I don't have time to go into that for y'all. I do not, not go into it. But I feel that if they're going out of their way to remove these cameos... Or at least the Superman cameo. Because again, as far as we know, Gal Gadot is still super, uh, Wonder Woman. As far as we know, she is still Wonder Woman. Right? So, if they're removing that Superman scene. And again, I mean, it's a Flash film. We're dealing with timelines and all that stuff. They could they could pull another Flash in. But all, it, all, all accounts of purposes. Ezra's on good standing with the studio. Uh, he had, uh, They, excuse me, have apologized for their actions. They're seeking help for mental health. All good things. Stop attacking them. And it's okay to move forward. And all accounts, that movie is doing fantastic with audiences. Test screenings, it is doing amazing with audiences. Not a single thing, I have not seen one single thing about Ezra being bad in the movie. Not one thing. Every single thing I've seen about that Flash film, it's doing great. You know? So why would you recast The Flash? You don't need to. You don't need to. All this stuff will calm down. Guess what? Robert Downey Jr. got in a lot of trouble back in the day. Guess what? Calm down, didn't it? Because you all love him now, don't you? So, it's alright. It's alright. I know we live in cancel culture universe now. Calm down. It's okay. You need to calm down. It's a Taylor Swift song that you need to play. It's called You Need to Calm Down. Alright? Go play it. Listen to it a couple times. You need to calm down. Alright? So, but that's in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. If this is true at all, that the cameos are being pulled out of this film. Just think about that for a moment. If we're removing those cameos from the Flash film, doesn't that tell you that the Flash is important to the DCU going forward? And that that film is setting up everything to go forward? And if we're removing those characters from it, we already know Ben Affleck's Batman's in the movie. We haven't heard anything 
I mean, I guess there has been reports that, no, Michael Keaton's the one that's been reported as being removed from the film. Which, again, who knows? I, I doubt it. But we'll see. We'll see when the uh, film releases. Because we haven't heard anything about it. And I'm not going to, you know, look into spoiler details about it because I haven't looked at anything to do with that Flash film other than, you know, the reports I've seen of it doing and testing extremely well. So we'll all find out in the future what that head does. But to me, if you're removing certain characters from that film because you're recasting them for the DCU's future, then I say Ezra's Flash moves forward. And that's, you know, positive thank you for me. And, you know, maybe there's a little bias thrown in there as well because I love Ezra's Flash. I like Ezra as an actor. Um, I think he's done, or excuse me, I think they've been great as the Flash. I would, I... We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, all, we'll all just have to wait and see what happens. Let's go forward. Now, touching on um, 1D, Mr. Wonderful, you know, talked about this on his show, so I'm not going to go too too heavy into this here. But uh, Patty Jenkins and the Wonder Woman 3 controversy that's going on. Uh, maybe I talked about it last episode. I don't know. But um, I did talk about uh, Wonder Woman 3 was canceled. Uh, Patty Jenkins has since come out saying that she did not walk away from the project. Um alluding to the fact that DC is the one that decided to end that project, and now that she's she's now working on the Star Wars movie again, it seems. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows who's right, who's wrong? Maybe both of them are right and wrong at the same time. But either way, Wonder Woman 3 is not happening uh, with Patty Jenkins. Probably not happening at all. I assume we just get a new Wonder Woman film in the future uh, with Gal or without Gal. We'll see. I personally love Gal, so it'd be great if she sticks around, but I completely understand if they go a different route as well. Guess what? Multiple people, you know, these characters can change, man. <laughs> it's alright for these these uh, characters to get new actors involved. So I went, went through a whole list of Batman actors. There's been a whole list of Superman actors. You know, before Henry Cavill came around, everybody's like, Christopher Reeves, nobody will ever top Christopher Reeves' performance. You know, even when Henry wasn't around, it's like, yeah, Christopher Reeve's still the best Superman. Now, with all this stuff going on, they're like, oh, Henry Cavill's the best Superman out there. They do this. Which, to me, Henry Cavill is my favorite Superman. Don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, I'm just saying. It's, you know, the new futures happen in these movies. New things happen when you're building new universes. New actors come aboard. And again, I, I don't want to see Ezra leave the Flash. I would love for Ezra to keep playing the Flash, but I will completely understand if we're like hey new universe new actor for the flash I'm like cool bring it on whatever unless they bring grant over then i'll be like you know what that's not cool <laughs> you know nothing is grant but i'm like well, what do we what do we do what are we doing you know um who could tom holland's gonna be the flash in the uh dcu it's <laughs> my new fun gimmick batista's gonna be bane of course there's batista's been wanting to play bane for a long time so do not be surprised at all if Batista, who is friends with James Gunn, they've got a history, look it up, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy, it's the Guardians history, uh, I would not be surprised if that ends up happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't be surprised if it does in fact happen, because Batista's been wanting to play Bane for a while, James Gunn, his buddy's now in charge of DCU, not entirely impossible for that to happen. Um, and that's it for the DC talk. Yeah, alright, cool. That's it for the DC talk. A lot of stuff. Hope you're still here with me. A lot of stuff. Gave my opinions. It happens. All right. Moving over to the horror realm. Uh, we will be returning to the Street of Fear. That's right. I'm talking about Fear Street. As Chloe Okono has been tapped to helm Netflix's next Fear Street film. Okono uh, is an up-and-coming horror filmmaker who most recently had her solo feature-length directorial debut Debut earlier this year with the psychological thriller film Watcher. Uh, other details about the upcoming project are being cut down or wrapped, especially whether or not it is a part of another trilogy. But Fear Street hit Netflix in a big bad way uh, with its trilogy of films from recently, all three enjoyable films. So we've been wanting and clamoring to go back to Fear Street, and we will be traveling back to Fear Street in the future, it seems, as they have now tapped their director. So good for him, man. I'm excited. I like those other Fear Street movies. I like the R.L. Stein stuff. So bring it on. Let's see. Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutcherson are joining the Blumhouse movie based on the popular video game franchise Five Nights at Freddy's. Say that again because I'm pretty sure I messed it up. Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, the characters they are playing is being unspecified at the moment. 
Uh, production on the film will begin in February of next year <laughs> in New Orleans. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's basically like a mnemonic Chuck E. Cheese, from what I understand. Uh, Matthew Lillard, he's always fun. Right? I don't think too many people dislike Matthew Lillard. Uh, it gets kind of annoying with all the people like, ah, oh, come on, put him back and scream. Put him back and scream. Calm it down. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. All right. He was awesome in Scream. He was good. He was really good in Scream. First Scream. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Josh Hutchison. That was the dude that was in um, Hunger Games, right? And that one movie with The Rock. Yep, yep, yep. The Hunger Games movies and Journey to the Mysterious Island. Right? The Journey movie. The, the freaking Journey to the Center of the movies. Um, speaking of The Rock, by the way, going back to that Black Adam thing. I like The Rock, don't get me wrong, but he has really annoyed the hell out of me with this Black Adam stuff. And, you know, it seems like a lot of people are kind of picking up on this as well. I've seen some fun memes and videos made recently uh, with all the news that's going on in the DCU. And, yeah, he's really annoyed me with the way he's acting with all this stuff. Like, somebody needs to tell him. I don't think he understands this. Uh, Black Adam is a Shazam villain. Say it again. Black Adam is a Shazam villain. Alright? Villain, arch enemy, however you want to go with it. Nonetheless, that's the way it is. They're connected. And Rock has done everything, it seems, in his power to keep those two from being connected. With most recent reports saying that he has not... Uh, he refused to do a cameo in the upcoming Shazam movie, so... What the fuck, Rock? <laughs> you know, what What are we doing? Come on, man. Kind of glad now that, you know, there's question marks on it. And I watched Black Adam recently again. It's fine. You know, I think I enjoyed it more the first time I saw it in theaters than I did uh, this time I was watching it home. Still enjoyable moments, don't get me wrong. But, eh, whatever. We're moving to the world. I started talking DC in the horror realm. Sorry, guys. Back to the horror stuff. Uh, Robert... McKinnon Stinger is uh, being turned into a Peacock straight-to-series order from James Wan. It's an upcoming horror series. Uh, the series follows a desperate group of people on a ranch who must come together in the face of a mysterious threat. Uh, Stinger takes place during a single 24-hour period in Inferno, Texas. Inferno is a town in trouble, driven to the brink uh, uh, by... Driven to the brink by racial tension, gang violence, and collapsing economy, both things can always get, but things can always get worse, and they do with astonishing speed. I'm in the bag for James Wan stuff. I like James Wan a lot. So, if you're giving me a horror show with him producing and he's got some stuff behind it, I'm into it. He's obviously not directing. I don't know if he's writing it at the moment. Uh, it's based on a book, it looks like, but he is producing it. So we'll see where that goes. It'll be on the Peacock. Uh, let's see, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game. We've talked about that multiple times on the show, and they have just unleashed its main theme. And it was, of course, composed by the man who did the iconic sounds for the soundtrack itself. Uh, that is, of course, as wonderful calls him, John Maserati. Um, John Manseri, uh, the mastermind who, of course, again, did the fantastic music Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the movie, is back to work on the game soundtrack. Uh, and song title for the main title behind the game is the darkest carnival it's an electrifying main theme john composed and recorded for the multiplayer horror game uh, this blood pumping track pays homage to the original clown march recorded back in 1987 while also adding darker unexpected modern twist to its structure the game is being developed as a live service title with multiple content updates planned for post-launch and is expected to release in 2023 I am ready for that game because it sounds fun and I'm ready to rock out to the darkest carnival. All right. <laughs> let's see. And let's go into the random bits of news before we close this mother trucker down. Uh, starting it off with Austin, 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 Austin Butler's agents. Uh, Austin Butler did a fantastic job in the role of Elvis, nom nominated for numerous awards. Um... And he was just recently on Saturday Night Live. Did a great job on there as well. His agents have reportedly been putting him up for the role of Johnny Storm, also known as the Human Torch Flay Bond Boy in the highly anticipated Marvel Studios film. Uh, Fantastic Four will be directed by WandaVision's Matt Shankman. No official casting has yet been announced for the film. 
Listen, I support Austin Butler being in anything at this point. He did so freaking great in that Elvis movie where he should be winning awards. I'm pretty sure Brendan Fraser's going to win the award, but yeah, Austin Butler should be winning. I don't know. I haven't seen The Whale yet. I'm thinking about going to see it, though. It does look pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, fine. I don't, you know, again, guess what, guys? Get the shirt that doesn't exist. Get ready to check in on your checko cards, your bingo cards, whatever you want. Bingoing up. I'm not a Marvel guy. Alright, so I don't know anything about the character. I don't know who's good or not good to play the roles. I don't care. Um, I do remember seeing Austin Butler was rumored uh, to play uh, the Green Arrow in the DC side, which I'm like, alright, you know, that'd be cool. But, I I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. But um, apparently he's getting the opportunity there. There's a lot of press behind him right now, so I'd be shocked if he gets a good opportunity. Uh, Donald Glover is creating a movie for Sony Pictures in the Marvel Universe. He is starring and producing in a movie based on the Spider-Man villain Hypno-Hustler. No idea who that is. Um, the Hypno-Hustler, who first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1978, is one of Spider-Man's most obscure villains. Without a doubt. No idea. First time appearing of it. Uh, the character has the ability to hypnotize his victims with his guitar. Ooh, it's Prince. All right. By day, he's known as Anton Sloan, lead singer of the band called the Mercy Killers. They use their music to rob their audience. Oh, Jesus. Uh, this would not be Donald Glover's first appearance with Spider-Man as he was in 2017 Spider-Man Homecoming as Aaron Davis, the uncle to Miles Morales. Uh, still waiting for them to pay off that a little Easter egg they threw in that movie. Uh, he also voiced Miles in the Ultimate Spider-Man show on Disney XD. Uh, the Hypno Hustler is the latest in Sony's run of Spider-Man characters to get a feature film treatment. Uh, we've of course seen the Venom films, we've seen the Morbius film. Uh, we have Craven the Hunter on the way and Madam Web on the way. So yeah. What a wild character. Hypnotizes with his guitar. I watch it. Donald Glover's amazing. Alright, let's see. Henry Cavill. Let's get back to Henry Cavill news. Everything's not all bad for Henry Cavill. He's getting to live a dream as he will star in and executive produce a Warhammer 40,000 franchise for Amazon Prime Video. Uh, the agreement includes Warhammer 40,000 rights across film, TV, and more, making it the first major acquisition of its kind for Amazon Studios. Warhammer 40,000 is set in the far future where humanity stands at the edge of what might be its brightest future or its darkest age. The threats to humankind's empire are many. Traitors driven by the fires of ambition, alien empires sworn to reclaim the stars and the corruption of reality by Meliviolent gods. Uh, Cavill had the following to say, quote, I have loved Warhammer since I was a boy, making this moment truly special for me. The opportunity to shepherd this cinematic universe from its inception is quite the honor and the responsibility, end quote. Good for him, man. Glad he's getting to live something that he loves. I don't know a damn thing about Warhammer 40,000. I was just reading that there. It sounds interesting enough, but I don't know anything about it. You know, my... My introduction to Warhammer 40,000 is Shayna Baszler. Huge Shayna Baszler fan. Huge fan of the base, right? And she's a huge Warhammer fan and seen her posting stuff about Warhammer. Her gear's been inspired by Warhammer. That's all I know about Warhammer. So hopefully Shayna Baszler, the base, gets involved in this somehow, in some way. We need to start a Twitter thing to get her. I don't know. There you go, man. If you're into Warhammer, you're getting the universe. With Henry Cavill, one of the biggest fans of the universe, behind the universe. So he's joining another universe. There you go. Uh, John Cena and Jason Momoa are teaming up for a rowdy new action comedy called Killer Vacation. Uh, those film familiar with the project have compared it to a fun, splashy adventure like True Lies. Which leads me to immediately think, who the hell is playing the Jamie Lee Curtis character? Um, cool, man. John Cena and Jason Momoa, that's a lot of electricity in one movie, so buddy cop film with those two and it should be a fun time Why not? and last bit of news here Norman Reedus is the latest actor to join Ballerina the upcoming John Wick spinoff movie starring Ana de Armas um, Norman Reedus man 
Walking Dead is what a lot of people know him for. Good actor. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and hate on him. Uh, he's now joining that. Can't wait. We'll see how that show turns out. You know, there's high, there's high thoughts for that, that there, that there movie starring Anna de Armas. People love those John Wick movies. We got another one on the way, so we'll see how it all turns out, man. But that does it for this episode. Appreciate you all joining in with me to go through all of that DC stuff, hearing my thoughts. I know we all have our own thoughts and opinions. That's okay, man. As long as we be kind to everybody, it's all right. You know, you don't have to attack somebody for having their own thoughts on fictional characters <laughs> so uh appreciate y'all joining in again this is a holiday week if you celebrate so be safe um yeah all right and that'll do it for this episode again always appreciate you joining along and supporting the show continue to support us going into uh 2023 got some fun things lined up there appreciate every single last one of you it's been a great time gonna have the year-end episode next week i guess right and then you know not giving my top 10 there there is a special thrill me podcast network event planned for the top 10 films i think we have an event planned for the um anticipated films 2023 that probably will happen in 2023 but the top 10 films of the year is coming up man gotta it's gonna be a thing that i can uh, need to process yeah process through there man you can see how some things turn out but overall it's gonna be a good time as always, here on the Throw Me Podcast Network. So, thank you all for joining me. Hope you have a safe and happy holidays as you're celebrating. If not, have a safe and happy week. Appreciate you all. And as always, remember that even in the darkest of times, happiness can be found. And if one remembers to turn the light. Talk to you all next episode.